Hello, once again, Morning Black is here, coming to you from WVLP 103.1 on your FM dial. I am here doing new content with um, my good friend, co-host, brother by another mother, Byron Martin. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Brother Greg. Doing well. We, we hanging good. in there. Both hands. Both hands. V2, Both hands. brother. V2, yeah. brother. It's good seeing you here. Okay, we're going to have another interesting conversation today. Hopefully, we'll be able to touch on some provocative things that would open the eyes of our listeners, our listening group, and our community. And we're going to talk about some issues that are impactful of the African-American community today. I was thinking, Byron, that we would talk today about the national Black agenda, if any, and mm. what is or what should be what is at stake if there is no political plan or action for the African-American community? Uh, mm -hmm. I want to I start off by just asking uh, this question to you, posing this question to you, and then maybe we can get off into some discussions about what we think uh, is the future for the Black national agenda. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's a national Black agenda? Can you, can you identify something that you can say definitively um, is, is an agenda item that is being um, promoted, rehearsed, uh, or put forth in the African American community. I think, as a, as a whole, I, I I don't know if I can, if I can point to one and say there is a national agenda. I think there are several um, regional and and local um, agendas that that might have a, a little bit more participation, but I haven't seen it take a hold of a broader context. I, I know some people can say, okay, Black Lives Matter is a, a national agenda, but I don't think it's in terms of rehearsed and and down to, you know, let's say a, a communicable 10 point plan like uh, we we have had before in the past. So I would say not not yet, no. Wow, okay. So, so when we hear Black Lives Matter, that that seems to be uh, a conversation that can be very parochial. It can be very, um, you know, regional in terms of its perspective. It can it can deal with some very particular things, and then it can take on a national kind of image, like the the Floyd thing that that took place, and um, the other brother that was jogging. You know, I forgot his name. Um, right, Ahmad Aubrey. Uh, uh, the Aubrey incident. Those are national incidents that took place that kind of galvanized a, 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 a national perspective of Black Lives Matter. But then it, it, it very quickly became very parochial in terms of what people were raising issue about, um, which, right. which, which says to me there really isn't a movement about in the African-American community that can claim a national political agenda. Would you agree with that? No, I would. I, I don't. I don't think there's one that can that can claim uh, a national political agenda. Now, now I, I think there are, there are probably some very key reasons that we want to discuss why um, that is the case. Um, and I think we can uh, discuss, you know, the 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 issues of 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 being centralized uh, around uh, each other, having a centralized conversation. Um, about that, but I, I don't think there's a national agenda. And I think there that we can. I think we in the last uh, ten years can feel um, the issues surrounding there not being a national agenda. I think 
the America as a whole can feel what has happened inside of our American system without um, the moral and social leanings from a conscious black community um, having its influence on uh, the American context. Wow. Can you say more about that? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I think I think as a whole, I think um, if we're honest with ourselves, I think uh, black people and more specifically, I would say uh, black women have been the moral voices of uh, America uh, and, and have served in that role uh, to remind um, America of its leanings and of its words and of uh, its, its centralized way of being. And so I think one of the things that we run into um, specifically in, in, in these situations is in the last 10 years, I think we've seen a movement away from that, that conscious moral leaning and we have moved it into um, into individualistic leanings. And I think we see that pain. I think we see how it's affected things such as voting rights, how it's affected things such as um, as such as development, how it's affected things such as a national um, willingness to take up for uh, those that are uh, maligned and sick and, and, and set apart in some ways. We see the detraction from some of those social services um, in the last 10 years that um, we need to be very mindful of um, has come, in my, in my opinion, because there has not been a moral black leaning uh, as a collective inside the United States context. Now, now, would that also give uh, a reason or rationale for the lack of an emergence of a black leadership in relationship to the kinds of disparities that we see, the kinds of issues that we see? Uh, coming about in the African American community, no one person or persons or one no one group in particular uh, is emerging as a national spokesperson for those kinds of disparities. It seems like it's 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 a conscious raising kind of thing that's taking place in terms of the disparity, but there are no um, student nonviolent coordinating committees or uh, there's no um, you know, organizations, you know, uh, core, you know, Congress of Racial Equality, things of that nature that we saw 50 years ago. And and right. and, and, and why is that? Why do you think that you think that uh, you think that has to do with technology or you just think it, it, um, there is not this is not a way in which we will move forward in terms of the development of an agenda? Why do you think that's that that is? I mean, I think I think it's, it's it's several reasons, right? I think um, one that we have not marshaled ourselves together as a consistent community, and so what I mean by that is, uh, for for Black people, we have uh, this massive exodus from spaces and areas where we were represented as the uh, primary uh, individuals in that area, in the, in those locations, right? 
And so that this diaspora, that disposal from having that concentrated unity has now um, made it very difficult and left us with very few spaces where we are fully represented in, in terms of uh, being in a space, right? Where we are fully represented and we can say we can produce the leadership uh, that comes from here. Now that was done for several reasons, right? That can be done by, uh, that was done by gerrymandering of districts. That was done by um, the uh, flight and the follow. I call it the flight, uh, white flight, but then the follow by uh, black people to the, to the suburban areas. Um, that can be done by several reasons, but that lack of, uh, of critical mass and spaces has, has, has created that in some way, shape or form. I think the other thing that, that has created that and is um, it, it's hard to produce voices uh, from spaces um, that have no air or oxygen. And, and what I mean by that, I, I mean, when we think of in the physical sense, when we think of voices, we think of uh, something that is able to vibrate across airways running through uh, you know, somebody's mouth, right? Like, so without air, uh, the voice cannot produce sound. We know this. Well, one of the things that has happened inside of black communities, I think um, if we look over the last 10 to 20 years, has been the air sucked out of those communities, right? Um, and so we reflect back on leaders that have came out before and they have been killed or murdered or, or they've been maligned in some way. We think about um, new leaders that are trying to emerge and just the air, the support, uh, the the ability to to find uh, energy and, and collection has just been sucked out in in some ways. But and if so it, we, we, if it's been sucked out, then then is this is it still life in these communities? Barely, because of that. Out. Well, I, I think I think barely, right? I think I think there there is life, but I think the question that that's on the table is. Is it a life that can produce more life? Right? Like hmm. so is it a perpetual life or or is it a, a dwindling of the candle? I you know, I think about, you know, even on the day that we're recording this the show, right? Um, uh-huh. we are we are saying farewell to so many of our black leaders that have been in those positions for um a, a long time, that have kind of gave given life to the community for such a long time, right? But I think the question that's at hand is, are we effectively replacing those leaders and are we giving life not only to what those leaders have, but taking the baton and keeping it moving forward? And so wow, I, I mean, and, and can, we, can we reproduce the kind of leadership that's is leaving the community in such a, a way now. I mean, you know, is that is that even reasonable to think that we can replace those kinds of individuals? And what do we replace those individuals with in terms of leadership? I mean, in your estimation, you're a young man, in your estimation, what kind of leader do you need? Mm. That's a great question. Uh, that's a that's a that's a profound and powerful question. Uh, I think the the first uh, type of leader that I need is one that is present. 
right? Like, so one of the things that I think we we have we have some leaders that aren't necessarily present in the community, and so it's hard to maintain and build trust, right? Like, we've gotten away from uh, the type of leader that says, "Hey, no, I'm going to be around uh, my people. I'm going to intentionally put my myself in those spaces." Number two, I think I I, I need a leader that um, is is not, uh, uh, you know, we talked about, <laughs> uh, you know, catch and release friends uh, a couple of shows back. I think I, I need a leader that's, that's, that's committed and will stay in the pocket. Um, and I, and for me, that's somebody that that's not sold out by the things that can happen. Right. Um, now, now explain to our listening audience what stay in the pocket means. I, when, when you say that you're going to leave here and go and do something, then you need to know that we have your back to do that thing and not to alter it in such an egregious way that we come up on the losing end. Wow. wow. So I, I think it, you know, for, somebody has to stay in that pocket. Um, and I think in today's time, it's so easy to get sold out, right? It's so easy to, you know, trade your, your, your birthright for some bread. Wow. Why? Wow. And so I think we have to be mindful of, of that, especially in our leaders, right? Like our, our leaders can't, um, can't, can't, can't sell out the communities. Is there anything um, else that you would expect of a leader today? I think the last, I think the last part is, and this is just me being honest. Um, I, I want a leader that's, that's a fighter. Like I, I, I want a leader that might, uh, might be they might be scared but they don't operate from a space of fear they might they might they might have uh, some fears right but they're they're not running scared all the time right they're, that's not the that's not their operational base and so um I, I want leaders that have true courage and not just the the talked about kind okay so so for you um how how does uh individual exemplify that what does true courage mean for you i mean what do you what are you saying are you saying that uh despite the outcome despite the cost you know that person is going you know their head is going to pop up and they're going to they're going to speak truth to power they're going to do what they need to do i mean what does it look like on a day-to-day -day basis a, a person that is exemplifying um true courage or authentic, let's say authentic courage. I think they look uh, places and in, in, in seats of power um, in their face and they speak the truth, not from a, 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 a place of harm or a place of duty, but from this interesting place of love. And mm. so they're willing to situate themselves in such a way um, that they're willing to defend their communities, the folks that put them in that position of leadership first, and then secondarily educate those that they come in contact with because they can operate from a space of love. Can we can we survive without a, a, a black national agenda, political agenda in can America? Who so the who's the we? Community. The, we is the African American community. No. 
You say no? No, I, no. I, I mean, I, my my friend, uh, good friend, you got to meet him on, on one of the shows, Josh Jackson. He has this funny saying. He's like, uh, one day I was getting ready to go to, we we're getting ready to go to Disney World uh, down in Florida. And, and Josh just chuckled. He says, hey, y'all got a plan for Disney World? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you better have a plan for Disney World because if you ain't got a plan for Disney World, Disney World show got a plan for you. Um, That's true. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, they'll upsell you, offsell you, and you'll still end up at the back of the line waiting to ride a ride. You know, mm -hmm. like it's it's. I think if we don't have an agenda, if we don't have a plan um, for for ourselves, one of the things that we'll end up doing is we'll end up just getting whatever comes to us and always having to navigate based off of what comes to us instead of us putting forth. No, here's what what needs to happen. That's what's going to happen to us. As, as, as black folks in America. Now, I think there's a, another side of that coin, which is what will happen to America if there's not a moral black voice um, and agenda. I think what will happen to America is that we'll see the constant eroding of rights of populations of people, right? I think we, we don't understand this, but black people have always stood in the pocket as those individuals that upheld the rights and uh, the civil rights for a huge swath of, of people. We've people always had that. People, well, not just, and that's what I'm saying. Not even just people, underrepresented populations, populations. right? Yeah, we, yeah. When you look at it, people of color have stood in the pocket for women. People in the color have stood in the pocket for uh, individuals in the disabled community. People of color, right? Black people more specifically have always stood in the pocket for civil rights for all. And so, when we look at the history of this nation without there being a moral leaning from uh, black people with a clear plan, there has been devastation throughout our country. Wow. And wow. so I think we have to be we have to be honest. It's not just what's going to happen to the black community. I, I would say that in terms of civil rights and effective rights, um, black people have always been uh, the last to get their plate in the line of civil rights, even though they've been on the front lines of acquiring those rights. We've always been the last uh, to get our food from uh, the game that we actually went out and caught for everybody else. Wow. Wow. That That's some profound kind of thinking there. Um, what's going to ensure the next generation of educators, of intellectuals, of leaders, what's going to ensure that they will be mindful of that that fact that you just you just gave, and will be encouraged to evolve or develop the kind of leadership that attends to that particular concern? What's going to ensure that you think? I think the the first thing that assures that is that we have to get into a place where we are writing uh more <laughs> I, was, I was i was in a conversation with some with some some young folks the other day i say young folks i mean they're just younger than me i'm young um but uh they were they were younger than me and and one of the things that they kept saying is oh big brother b i hate writing i hate writing and i'm like hey just let's just be honest um if you're not writing then you're forgetting and that's the danger is that w when we don't write, somebody else is writing our history. Somebody else is writing the law. Somebody else 
is writing the story. Somebody else is producing the ideas and the thoughts. Somebody else is informing and telling our story if we're not the ones doing it. And I think that's where we have to, have to, have to uh, really take um, into consideration the need uh, to write. And so I think one of the things we have to do is have some consistent forms of writing. I think the second thing that we have to do um, is that we have to push those currently in positions that are um, beloved and loved to the space where they stay uncomfortable and stay dissatisfied and and stay moving. Right. Wow. Like I, I th- now I want I, I want the- you to, I want you to explain that now because that's 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 some that's that's some pretty heavy information there that you're saying. How do you how do you do that? How do you keep people who are in positions of comfortability? Um, how do you keep them on edge, if I, if I if I might say, or keep them dissatisfied in a sense that they are always questioning the kinds of things that are going on around them, as opposed to uh, just acquiescing to the to the appeasement and to the uh, comfortability that's around them. Because we all we all confront that at some point in times in our lives. Right, right. I think I think the the first thing we have to do is make sure that we have true relationship uh, with with those folks. And and by, when I'm talking about these particular folks right here, I'm talking about individuals in our community that have gotten comfortable. Yeah. Um. And and so I think we have to make sure that we have true relationship. Number one. Number two. I think we um have to uh pay attention to when they get comfortable um, because sometimes it can creep up uh, and all of a sudden uh, they're comfortable and we didn't see it and and now we're upset but they've been getting comfortable this this entire time um, and and I think the way we we do that is by watching for the small things right like so um, do statements stop um, stop jarring them right? Do, do they say things like, it's always been like that. There ain't nothing new about that, right? Um, do they move to a space where they, um, where they choose not to, um, to engage in, in, in the small battles? And we, we watch that so that we can ask one clear question. Why? Why, 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 why are we, why is this happening? What is, what is going on? When you say we, are you talking about the African-American community? Who are you, think, who yeah, is the we? I, I, but not I just the African-American community. You're talking about some particular people inside the African-American community, aren't you? Well, I'm, well, I'm talking about leaders inside, current leaders okay. or current people okay. in positions inside the African-American community. Um, and I would say just the, as, as a community as a whole, right? Like, so um, uh, the the most dangerous thing, I think, in the fight for freedom is when individuals that aren't free um, get comfortable with their lack of freedom. Have you, can, give me an example. Have you seen this happen? I have. I, I, I mean, um, a colleague, a colleague, Zeb and I, we talk about it all the time. But we talk about 
um, individuals that get seated in um, positions inside of either uh, corporate structures, university structures, they get seated in these positions and and they're, you know, always down. They, they, they talk a good game. They know what they're talking about, but they've removed themselves from wanting to deal with the considered trivial things because they're only concerned about the larger things. So uh, it's the uh, it's the city council or mayor of the city that chooses not to um, engage in conversation with um, individuals who are um, who are you know quote unquote beneath them or are are younger. It's the the lack of engagement um, of, of those individuals. You see that sometimes. I think you also see the, the people that are afraid to um, to have conversations with uh, with individuals that that, that that come from different walks of life. They choose should, not to engage with difference. Should we have the uh, ability? Do we have the ability to check each other on that? I mean, you know, because it seems to be an important factor. I, th I mean, you know, I'm out here trying to do some stuff. You know, I'm trying to help some people, whatever, you know, or however bit that strategy might be you as well. And we, we have this whole community of people that are working at various levels in various positions trying to do, make change. Should we have a, a check and balance in terms of, you know, a common agenda that we agree upon? That we can hold each other accountable to that you can say hey greg you know uh let's have a conversation because on that particular one you know i thought you should have came out stronger or i thought that maybe you know you needed to make another move than you made on that should we be able to do that with one another oh i i definitely think so i think i think the the the, the fear has always been our our ability to um do that without undermining one another Okay. Right. Like so. Like I think. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I tell my staff, right? I was like, "Hey, here's the deal. I have an open door policy, and anytime if you need to come in, I say you can always come in, shut the door, and I say, and you can go to town." Byron, I think, I think this move was A, B, C, and D. I think what you did was A, B, C, and D, and I think that's garbage, and I think you're wrong for this, and I think you need to do A, B, C, and D. And as a leader, right? I, I need to be able to, and I and my plan and what I want to do is to sit in the pocket and take that in and have a discussion to say, okay, let's talk about it. Let's 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 give your your statements, you know, a strong enough merit to say, yeah, here's what it was, and I should be able to explain myself. Here's why I did this this way because this is coming around the corner that you don't know about yet, but this is coming around the corner, and I had to set up set us up to do A, B, C, and D. And inside of my response, the uh, individual, my, 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 in, in this case, my employees ought to be saying, oh, okay, but that's still department first. That still keeps us at the center of that. And so, okay, that, that makes sense. I can, I can live with that. Okay, I, I have a better picture, right? But if there's ever a point where I can't stand up for a move that I made and, and, I can't, and I'm not willing to engage in conversation about um, what was done, then I, I think you're a poor leader. I have, and I, my, <laughs> my dad could tell you this, I have no space for anybody who can, who's gonna make decisions on behalf of other people. And then when they're questioned about those decisions, 
they feel no need to answer or they or they don't have answer or they get angry while they're answering like who are you to ask me such a question like right. I, I i have no i have no use for that like there if if you're a leader and and you make a decision you ought to be able to stand up behind that decision and own it and and, and say why well you know what we've been talking about the past 20 minutes or so have been planks in a platform for a national agenda it seems now it might not be the whole porch but certainly these are things that that are common in the African American community that we might could utilize to say okay based upon this this is the platform you know now we're not we're not trying to set the agenda we're just simply saying here's the platform that you can stand on so that the agenda can be realized what do you think i think so i think i think i think it's at least rules of of engagement engagement. yeah yeah and and i think think that's i think that's always necessary um you know know, you can go ahead i i I think about what zeb used to always say to me when we'd be talking and he'd be te- he'd be telling me the platform of the five star, and he would always he would always say peace, love, truth, freedom, and justice is is needs to be a, about that collective self, you know that 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 person that person or persons that are part of the plan in terms of rebuilding community, and in a, in a similar fashion, I'm I'm listening to how you are identifying leadership, what what good leadership is, and what are some of the things that we need to do to ensure accountability for the leadership that needs to be part of a platform you know and we need to say we we need to say no the platform isn't complete uh certainly other planks need to be added but here is some here are some planks in the platform that we think are important definitely and i i mean let, let's be honest right like I think there are some some broader platform concentrations that are out there, right? I think about the the Congressional Black Caucus, just as an example, right? We okay. there's a Congressional Black Caucus, and and they have an agenda that's that's that's, that's very clear, right? And all right, it's it's explained. Um, I just but- don't think it's ever ingrained or situated. Um, from the perspective of the communities that they serve, and yeah, I, what I, I don't I get a chance. That, I don't get a chance to hold them accountable. I don't. I don't get a chance to say, "Hey, what was y'all thinking about when y'all voted, or didn't vote, or you know, took that particular direction, or didn't take a particular stand on the thing?" I don't. I don't get to. I don't get an open door policy like your students would get an open door policy. Right, and that, and and for me, that's the that's the concern, right? Like I think. Um, I, I don't necessarily say I could have issues with the points on their agenda. I, I think it's the it's the follow up, right? And and the and the clarity about what does this mean, right? Right. I, I mean, leadership accountability. Let's. Just, I mean, we can just use that for for a brief second. But leadership accountability to me is is one of those pieces that um, I think inside of our governance structures, we everybody in America really is terrible at because we don't have effective leadership um accountability measures um and i think the reason we don't is because uh we want to trust 
our leaders versus wanting to um, build accountability for them, right? It's it, we it's easier for us to trust and just go with it than for us to build accountability that says, nope, you're going to do this by hook and crook. And it goes back to something you said. People want to be liked. Yeah. Right. People, people want to be liked. Um, and I, I guess, you know, not to, you know, just turn phrases, but I, I think in my experience lately, I've, I've met a lot of uh, likable people that I don't have any respect for. Wow. Wow. How's that work? They they're they're likable. I think they uh I I, I can't I can't do trust their words. I think you do. I think I think you let them know in, in several ways. I think one of the one of the one of the greatest ways that you know we, we let people know is um by by not being around them. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. okay. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just like, eh, nah, I'm just gonna keep my distance. Uh you 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 wanna be liked. Um, because um, people that want to be liked and and want to have their way, um, you know, they 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 speak as our indigenous brothers and sisters would say they speak with pork tongue, mm -hmm. um, and 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 so we got to be careful of that. Would you say we need a, a a laboratory or a a um a a some type of School, let's say a laboratory for political awareness in the African American community, where they could come and maybe get some basic information about, oh. you know, how we how we at least are thinking about building agenda, both locally uh, and nationally. No, I, a, a laboratory. I think we we definitely need. I would enjoy going to one. I would enjoy going to a space where we had really deep. In ingrained conversations about um, the American political process and how we're situated within it, because it's very enlightening when you think historically about Black people and the political process of of America. That I mean, from the onset of um, of the American experiment, we have been in we have been in conversations or at least there have been conversations about us uh in our earliest documents right even to the point where there were conversations about how we would be valued in the earliest documents so we've always been talked about but we very rarely have had people in those spaces to talk for us and so i i think that's a that's an interesting um turn right like um what 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 would it look like for us to have a conversation and to to lead from a space where um the black people inside of these positions of leadership in the political process were a hundred percent for black um advancement were a hundred percent for black advancement if it didn't address and advance the black community then they didn't do it are you talking about black nationals I'm not just talking about black nationals. I, I think I'm talking about black centrist. Okay. okay. <laughs> we can use whatever okay. terms we want. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think I think I, I the reason I say centrist is because uh every other subpopulation typically centers their 
well-being inside of the conversation. Right. Their particular I cultural mean, Their particular place. cultural way of being, right? Uh, white men from the South seem to vote for things to help white men from the South. Right. Um, now, if, if other people get on board with it, great. But like, hey, this helps white men in the South. We see that historically. Um, we can see that from the onset. Um, you know, white men from the South, you know, saying, hey, we need, you know what? It'd be nice if the capital was a little bit closer to the South instead of in New York. What do we need to do? Oh, we need to take on some of that national debt. Oh, okay. We can do that a little bit, take on some of that national debt so that the uh the capital gets a little bit closer to here. That benefits us. You see what I'm saying? Like it's there's oh, always absolutely. been like these conversations where people are looking out for their own well-being. What's that what happens when black people start to do the same thing? Yeah, where is our county seat? Where is our capital? And I mean, I would I would here's here's my argument. Um, I, I think that our capital is in D.C. I think our, our county seat in, in terms of Indiana is in, in, uh, in Valpo. That's the county seat that I know. I think the, the thing that we get ran, ran into is, um, and this goes back to something that Councilman Cotton says all the time, and I actually appreciate him saying, hey, this is my town. It, it comes back to the conversation about ownership, right? Uh -huh. Can I say this is mine? And and operate holistically like it's mine, with a straight face, with with, with a straight with, face, with, without without saying, well, you know, I'm just that's just a, a, a idealized notion. But no, this is legitimately this is a legitimate way in which I operate inside this space. Right. You know, right. this is I, mine. This is mine. Yeah, right. and I and I think that's. I think when we see that language put forth, that's where we see so many problems and so many things that have happened to our even our leaders over time. Right? When we see King switch to a very um, black centric view of what needs to happen and how people need to be taken care of, that's dangerous. Wow. And I think when we see uh, X switched to from talking about nation building as a separate nation to building our space, our seat in this nation. It's a different conversation, and I think those are the oh, those are the things that we see that are uh, for me pinnacle points inside of the American experience. Is that uh, it's a hard place to lead. I got to say it. I mean, you know, I'm just going to because, you know, we try to keep it 100 here. I think that's more important than some of the stuff that I'm doing. I just really do. I mean, you know, I think what you what, what we're talking about, the, the importance of that being a process that the African-American community is a part of and becoming conscious of and participating in. That hands down, that beats some of the stuff that I've been doing. Yeah. But in what way? Well, I mean, to get to a point, it, it, it's one thing to vision out and say, you know, this is the way things ought to be. Right? And you say, you know, on the best of all times, best of all situations, this is how we would like it to be. And, you know, if we could if we could have it this way, we could teach our young people how to be more politically conscious and 
important and identities specific in terms of their, their understanding of how they need to operate politically. But the because of the disparity and because of the importance of what you just raised in terms of, you know, how we get to that place, how do we get to that consciousness? Man, that needs to be done. I mean, you know, it's just hands down. I mean, you know, if, if you say, what are, what are 10 things that need to be done? I would say, yeah, that's close to number one, you know, in terms of providing that opportunity for people to really get that information. And and, and I'm not saying that to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm dropping everything and, you know, starting to construct that. I'm, but I'm saying it it needs to have a high degree of priority and urgency because of the 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 the. the the reality of the disparity. The reality of the disparity says that, damn, Byron, you're not going to have all day to get this done. The, the, you know, the, the, the clock is ticking on this. Would yeah, you agree? The, I think I think I, I agree with that. I think the hard piece is, even as I get people into spaces and, and, and I can find space to clear out, where they can detoxify and say, whoa, 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 let me find a new way of thinking about this. This is my stuff. Like, this is my street. Like, no, you you work for me, like, as, as a public servant, right? Like, when I can, like, get people and detoxify that, the the hard part is the, the critical mass, so the ability to go out and live in the way that you've, re-engaged and relearned to live yeah but don't you think people need to learn that i mean don't you think people need to have the opportunity to kind of uh, investigate that to to you know to weigh that to see how that works to find strategies in order to maintain and and survive uh in relationship to to that seems to me primal kind of issue I mean, you, you're talking about a prime issue of national consciousness that needs to be a part of our community. Don't you think that's a high priority? I think it's a high priority. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a very high priority. The, 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 the concern that I have is as high of a priority it is, is turning that priority into a reality that I think is, is where the struggle is. I, I can... Until there's a critical mass of people that have rethought of their place inside of this American context, then people are always going to be fighting for different things, which makes it increasingly hard to have a complete agenda because we're all fighting for some of the different things. Now, when I can reimagine my position inside this American context and I can say, you know what? No. This is ours. No, no, we 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 own this, um, and we have some ownership in this conversation. Um, let's let's start the conversation there instead of finishing the conversation there. Then I think that's where we're constantly going to have the difficulty. All I'm asking is, what's more important than that? And if that is, there's nothing more important than that, then what we need to be talking about is how we need to get it done right so then so then that's 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 so there is the i think if we look over time and if i look let's say the last 50 years let's say since 71 right um i think 71 was when the the black caucus was really created 
So let's say last 50 years, right? Since 71. I think that's been the that's been the most difficult conversation, the, 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 the most difficult question is how do you turn that that ownership mentality into a reality? Right. How do you how do you move people um, that 50 years before 71 were um, seen as second class human beings inside the context that they lived in? Right. And 50 years before that, they were just emancipated and dealing with the terror and trauma of 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 a scattered Jim Crow um, retaliatory era of being right during Reconstruction and and 50 years before that they were enslaved. So we talk about um, you know if we go back uh, 150 years, right? We're talking about uh, I mean even we just go back 50 years, we're talking about people that are engaging from a space where they're not full not fully realizing the the citizenship that they have. So how do we um how to do that I think has been the question for the last 50 years. I I, I don't I don't know if you can do that without a drastic redistribution of America re, uh, the American reality of the American economic reality of the American okay. social reality of American I don't know if you can do that. Like I I think um, if we're, if we're, if we then all start at zero and say, let's start this, this, this with this mentality, I think we can do that. Well, I mean, I think what you're saying is true, but I think that's part of the, the work. I mean, you know, I think part of the work and it might not be, I mean, you know, it might not, might not be all 50 States. It might not be all you know all the cities it might be a small place with a small group of folk but that consciousness is being you know developed the consciousness is 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 raising and mm -hmm. i mean you know I, I agree with you i think there has to be some economic leverage there but there also has to be some education that takes place that says wait a minute we think this is important enough to set priority. Uh, let, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, Andrea Jameson, she's got mm -hmm. this publishing company called Brown Baby Publishing Company. One of the things that you said earlier as we were, we were having conversation was, well, these kids got to get to a point where they feel comfortable with putting down the important things, uh, writing them in such a fashion that they can share the information and disseminate the information. What would it be to develop a black pu politically conscious publishing company that is people owned, people operated that primary prime prime responsibility is, is to take some of the, the more forward thinking uh, things we have in terms of a national political agenda and putting them on paper and disseminating them to folks who would want to know about these things what would that look like yeah no i think i think first of all that would that be extremely powerful i think the i think what that would look like i think the first thing that it would look like um is the is the need to um 
basically give release and resources to create. So I think once people have the ability and, and, and resources to create, um, then they can literally um, work through um, those things. They can they can begin to uh, create a, a way of being, create uh, some norms and some and some things that are representative of who they are. I think once uh, you give people that space, as I mentioned earlier, the air uh, to to breathe to begin to do some of those things. I think that's 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 the outgrowth. The outgrowth is the creative and creation process. Well, then um, I don't know how much time we have left, but one of the things that we need to talk about and begin to construct is a laboratory, if you will, or a process of vehicle, a model, if you will, where people can publish their political thoughts and begin to put together, you know, an understanding of how they see their political life together in community in a discernible and uh, model that can be disseminated in the community. I mean, a publishing company that is politically conscious that says, okay, we're not just going to have Byron speaking, but we're going to take some of his work, you know, whether it's your PhD, you know, your, your published PhD uh, book, whatever it might be. We're going to take that. We're going to take make sure that that information gets disseminated in the community in a fashion where people can learn from and read upon and build upon the kinds of things that you, you know, are being insightful about. Well, right. And, and, that, and I think it's, it's part of that sharing. Right. Like one of the one of the strongest ways that people used to be able to share is through the academy, through students coming to, to, to universities and uh, sharing knowledge that way. I think one of the other ways that sometimes we just forget about is um, just writing even in our internal spaces. Right. Like what is it what does it mean for me to write in such a way? that it gives messages to those that are coming behind me. It gives me the ability to build legacy even within my, my own family structure and my own social structure, right? So I think it's not just sharing broadly, but sharing down through time, right? I think okay. it's also important. Okay. So I, yeah, I agree with both. I, I agree with both. I think the thing that you need for that is you need space. Um, I think when we have the space, when we're able to breathe, um, there's some power in what we can produce and what we can think through. Um, I, for instance, uh, you know, you see uh, a, a James Baldwin, right? James Baldwin said, whoa, I, I gotta, I need to get out of here so I can write and think critically about my experience in America. So we see Baldwin went to Paris. Right. right. Um, we see some of the same actions from some of the contemporary writers um, that we're seeing now. We see, you know, a glob before he produced his book. He was out of the country. Same with uh, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Right. Like one of the things that happens is that sometimes black people need space and oxygen where they can breathe the air that just isn't built on divisiveness and hatred so that they can then have a, 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 a firm critique and reflexive uh, accountability for their American experience. So are we talking about building a respirator? I mean, yeah. I mean, you I, you use that term often, respirator. I, 
I think we can say respirator, but I think truthfully, it's uh, part of it is just getting out of here because I think what we've seen in our, our contemporary time um, is that the the issue of of black lives and, and darker skin lives being demeaned is while it might have been uh, in some ways uh, perfected and applauded in the states, um, it is an, an a worldwide issue. Right, we're seeing this especially throughout Europe. Right, we're seeing uh, the protests that are happening in France, the protests that are happening in in uh, the United Kingdom, the protests that are um, happening even in uh, some other areas of the world. Right, around the same central constructs. Right, which tells me that even though I may not be inside the American context, there's still harm that can happen to black and brown bodies, but that harm does not directly equate to me and in the space that I am called to be and called to critique. And so I can still, in those spaces, still find some breath to at least pin my understanding of my space in a clearer way. Well, see, that that has brought us full circle from your your beginning conversations about the problematic of being in this space and the kinds of problems that we see historically that continually to uh, evolve contemporarily, you've given an answer to the question, you know, can we fix this? Can, is there some things that we can do? Are there some strategies that we can employ? It sounds like one of the strategies is that we're by necessity gonna have to evolve a global relationship, a global community a global understanding of what the problem is and and then talk about a process of not just giving people air but giving people the space maybe getting people out of town you know maybe maybe getting people into the global village with more consistency with more uh, mm -hmm. uh regularity that allows them to view and see other communities and and find other opportunities to develop strategies to develop that agenda maybe that's one of the planks in the platform of the agenda is to suggest that there has to be some world travel being done there has to be some 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 ideological and practical kinds of traveling that's done to look at other systems that are in play that are attending uh, uh, to that uh national or international you know political agenda yeah. This has been a provocative conversation. Yes, yes. I think it's been I think it's been very powerful. I I wonder I wonder how we we probably get some other folks in on this conversation uh and 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 really kind of tackle this topic again. Let's 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 think about having a panel discussion about this topic and yeah. maybe and maybe having kind of a special event where we would uh spend an hour or maybe even a little more than an hour having conversation about what that agenda in a more concise and, and specific way would begin to look like you know as we bring in those other panelists on it and you know maybe one of the things that we can do in the upcoming uh new content is to talk about well one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to host you know at morning black a a one of our first conversations about you know the black national political agenda you know planks in the platform what do you think uh is necessary for us to move forward and to do something 
very specific and provocative on raising the consciousness of our African-American brothers and sisters, as well as our own, because I'm going to be learning more than than talking. I'm going to be listening, you know, and try and trying to uh, seep out the knowledge that I can get to understand how to be a more effective uh, person in this struggle. Byron, mm -hmm. thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Until next time, meet us again talking about provocative subjects on Morning Black.